Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. Well, I'm Jason Evans. Uh, alongside me is Kyler Clapp, and then joining us from the comfort of his hot garage, Kyle Lee. Kyle, we'll start with you. How's it going in the hot box? Still alive. Still alive. That's good. That's good. Is that all you can can say? Yeah, that's from a a critically acclaimed movie, The The Crudes, starring yours truly, <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Wait, is that the the cartoon or animated oh, movie? Yeah, computer the, animated. It's not a cartoon. Computer animated. Come on. Movie? I'm sorry. About the cavemen. Yes, about the crudes. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, Kyler, uh, you are back as I am back in the office, back in the studio. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I was very, very impressed you were here early today. 30 something. Yeah. Wow. Very exciting. So, and I should stress early for the podcast, not early for actually being in the office. But hey, you know, you gotta you gotta start somewhere, right? It's a little weird hearing yes. Kyler's voice than than you know, like it every That's true. Uh, having Wi Fi in the boons is a blessing. It is a blessing. That I was Wi Fi a year ago. Yep. <laughs> you ever been to Fairfax? So you, nope. you your family got Wi Fi a year ago? Yeah, a year ago. So but they've had internet. Yes. They just didn't have a Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi in the yep. house and church. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's a struggle. It, it's crazy during this time we've learned. If we hadn't already learned, we know now uh, you have to have internet almost to, to exist in the world. That's, yeah. That's an interesting, interesting place to be. Um, so there's a premium on good Wi-Fi. I'm sure that means that the providers are going to learn that and start charging us like crazy. More. But, Love that. I don't know. I my bill. I saw that I have only used like a hundred thirty something of my one thousand something on my internet last month. So, oh okay, hundred thirty well, down of impressive. my ten fifty four or something like that. So I got plenty. I gigs. I don't know. I got plenty of Wi Fi to spare. Next time you need it, oh, that's good. I can bottle it up and you can take it with you out there. Okay, cool. I appreciate it. I'm still waiting appreciate for Li-Fi, guys. What is Li-Fi? Li-Fi is wireless transmission through light, and it's coming. It's actually, it's here. Yeah, um, yeah it's I just, just meant not, it's it, coming to yeah. all of us. Yeah, I uh, was at a, at a presentation of this company. I can't remember the name of it now, but they're working on bringing internet to like Africa, places in Africa that don't have any infrastructure. And that's what they're using is, is Li-Fi. So um, that's it's, awesome. It's very interesting, uh, very interesting. But I can imagine it's probably pretty expensive, at least right now. And but yeah, it will be cool. And what's it going to do to our bodies like 5G? Yeah, exactly. Listen, I'm nervous. 5G, the stuff I've been hearing, I'll take slower, slower service. I hope nobody has T-Mobile because, you know, that's what they're building their whole company on right nope, now. Nope, AT&T. They bought up all our microphone bandwidths so that they could saturate our bodies with 5G. Golly. Though what's funny to me is that LTE can't be that much better for your body. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's just... Five G is just a little bit stronger of a radio signal, <laughs> so yeah. 
<laughs> so it's we're you know, yeah. Go ahead. I don't. Ahead. I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I haven't actually done the deep conspiracy dive like Kyler obviously has. Um, They're setting up five G towers by elementary schools. I don't. Uh, the kids don't even stand a chance. Yeah. And they're they're dressing them like trees. They look like giant yeah. Fir trees. Wow, look at that big metal tree. Yeah. <laughs> it's painted green. <laughs> They'll never. Know. I saw it. It is frightening because just the other day I saw a white van driving down the road, and you know who was driving it? A five G tower. Oh, how about that? <laughs> Her face. Kyler's incredibly confused right now. <laughs> here's here's the joke, Kyler. Because a white van, you know, will drive down the road and white stop van. and yeah. ask kids if they would like any candy. And okay, so ice cream. The, oh, okay. So and then this. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of two different. In my in my joke, the five G tower was driving the van, asking kids if they would like candy. That's where you lost me. With. So with the, the in, with the intention just, just to harm to harm the yeah. kid. That yeah. would be a good like political cartoon. You know what I'm saying? Like in the style. You should draw that up. We'll share it on the Instagram feed. Five <laughs> D tower driving a white van with like candy piled up in the back. Draw that up, Kyle. That'd be pretty good. We'll share it. I'm pretty busy today. <laughs> well, well, y'all uh, saw the on, hat. On that note, though, <laughs> Kyle. On that note. Uh, you you asked us off air uh, if if your Instagram video got some good play on the Create channel and and boy did it people loved it dozen of views dozens of views wow oh, I was can, trying to think how many it actually got you're up there I think you you're can't, in the hundreds you can't trust Instagram views oh why not when they say three hundred views maybe six people saw it. You think so? Uh, yeah. No, I think it's more than that, but uh, I don't think it's 300 people watched the whole video. Yeah, well, I mean, I can I can probably vouch for that. It's Facebook, you know, oh. and they're just a bunch of liars. That's true. That is true. Um, you know, Facebook, this is completely random, but I've been watching the, uh, the Last Dance, the documentary about the 98 Chicago Bulls. It's produced by Michael Jordan's uh, production company. Um, well, they always have these sponsor segments and cause they have limited commercials. Well, so it's like state farm and one other one. And then one of them is Facebook. Well, during the first week, the, the announcement was, you know, brought to you by the Facebook company. And that's the way they said it. And it felt just like you guys both tilted your head when I said that, like I, I did the same. I'm like, I've never once heard it said the Facebook company, even though I'm sure that's their legal name probably. Well, after the first week, whenever they did week two, it would just change to Facebook. Brought to you by Facebook. So I'm wondering if like people were literally like, "What? Who? What the is this company? company. Who, who is the Facebook company?" Um, but they noticed their error and who, they changed it between yeah. weeks one and week two. Well, I, I watched the Social anyway, Network random. last night at two a.m. So it's fresh <laughs> on my <laughs> well, mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what's your opinion? Well, I I had seen it, but I just oh okay you know it's it's, it's fascinating great, it's great to me. Yeah, I know that they claim that not much of it is true, but uh, you know it's a great movie. Wait, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. If speaking Have of Aaron Sorkin, 
Have you, you watched? To, hold on first. Wait, what you, is it? Is it the you one need to where watch the Social Network? What Jesse Eisenberg. No. He plays Mark Zuckerberg. The beginning <gasps> yeah, of Facebook. Yeah, 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 and uh, uh, somebody else is Justin on there. Justin Timberlake's in it. Andrew Garfield, no, Justin else. Timberlake. That's it, Andrew Garfield. That's so you have seen it? No, I've just Army seen the, Hammer, the preview on Rashida Netflix. Jones. You, you should, you should watch it. Rashida, love her. Uh, Brenda Song. What? Yeah. <laughs> who? Yeah. Who? Uh, Zach Efron, I think, is in it. You're lying. What? Yeah. No, Brenda Song is in it. She's uh, Andrew Garfield's girlfriend in the movie. Man. Seriously, you need to watch it. I've like, seen it's great. it come up. I've so, thought about watching it. W- what were you going to say about Sorkin? I was just asking if either of you guys had seen Molly's Game. I mm. actually haven't yet, but I've seen it's I've I've seen it's got new life now that it's on Netflix because it didn't make a big splash in the movie yeah, theater. I had never heard of it. And then even just seeing the picture on Netflix, I was like, no, I'm not watching that. And then... Uh, Every once in a while, I'll just go through and watch the tr- automatic trailer that comes on on Netflix. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. And uh, as soon as uh, Idris Elba started talking in that trailer, I was like, is this Aaron Sorkin? And so, because <laughs> it reminded me of the newsroom feel and, you know, where everyone just yeah. talks real fast the whole time. And I was like, I might be interested in watching that, but yeah, I I've, don't know. I've, I've heard it's, it's pretty good, which I heard it was good even when it was in theaters. It just came out at a weird time, so it didn't get really any, any publicity. But I guess it's like on Netflix, it's being like watched like crazy. So I need to watch it. I love Sorkin's writing. Um, so the newsroom, that that's like newsroom so good. Yeah. Yeah. But I've heard Molly's Game is like the most Sorkin of all Sorkin movies, because I guess they pretty much gave him free reign to just write the script the way he wants. Hmm. Um, so anyway, um, well, on that note, uh, we talked about songwriting with our guest today. And so that, that seems like a good transition, right? To, to transition into Flawless. songwriting. Yeah, thank you. Well, our guest today is Liz Weiss. She is a recording artist and uh, who lives in New York City. She's from Portland, Oregon, originally. And uh, Liz got her start in uh, film school, and then she gravitated toward the microphone. And we, we talk all about that story. And we also talk about the fact that living in New York, she is, is faced head on with this COVID-19 pandemic. And so we talk about how she's dealing with that and what she's learning and maybe what the future looks like. Uh, Liz is uh, an artist who's performed with all kinds of people, especially friend of the podcast, John Mark McMillan, also Sandra McCracken, Josh Garrels, Blind Boys Alabama, Lake Street Dive, and many, many more. Uh, we had a great conversation, and so we hope you uh, enjoy it as well. Here is Liz Vice. Well, Liz, thank you so much for taking time to be on the Creative Ship Podcast. Uh, as, as we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe where you're from and, and what you're doing currently? Well, that is a very broad question um, because I, there's a lot about me. I feel like I've lived many lives. Um, but I'm from, I'm, from, I was, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I'm the middle of five children. Um, I now reside in New York City. I moved here to lead worship at a church and stepped down and dived fully into doing music full time. Um, yeah, and now I am currently experiencing a pandemic and that's not of my own, although I have had um, instances that felt like a pandemic where you feel isolated at times. But if misery loves company, I got the whole world right now. <laughs> 
um, yeah, I went to film school. Now I'm a full-time musician. And right now I'm just keeping my butt in the house with the occasional walk where, where I have a uniform of a mask and plastic gloves. Yeah. It's, it, it's odd thinking that that is the new normal, um, in America, yeah. especially. Yeah. I mean, every day feels like a new normal. Yeah. Um, there are some days where I'm like, mm, I don't want to risk it. And then there are other days where I'm like, if I don't get outside, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, it, it definitely is uh new territory. If I, if I can ask, um, where did you go to film school? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went to the art Institute of Portland. Okay. Okay. Well, um, the re- the reason I ask is because I was uh, looking at your bio on your website, and and there's just kind of this one line of, uh, you started working behind the scenes in film and video, but then found yourself in music and behind the microphone in particular. Could you tell us a little bit about that? What that story is? Yeah. So when I was younger, I wanted to be an actress because one, I wanted to tell stories that showed people of color without stereotypes attached, um, but also those that had an underlining tone of faith without being too didactic. And I had some health issues that kind of had me take a turn for almost 10 years before I came back, had a kidney transplant and decided to go to film school. And so I went to film school, it took three and a half years to graduate to get my bachelor's. I then received a Fulbright scholarship to get my master's in producing, but I went away on a trip for two weeks to Europe and something inside of me said, it's, it's not time to leave Portland. It's not time to leave. And then I was flown to this particular school out East from Portland, Oregon, and I was just walking through the campus and thinking, this is not for me. This is not the school for me. And my niece is going to be born and I don't want to miss that. And it just doesn't feel like it's time. And man, I wanted to jump ship from Portland because I am such a, I'm like, like once I got my kidney transplant, I felt like I could just spread my wings again for the first time. And so when I went to visit the school, I ended up turning the scholarship down and I felt horrible because other people had entered this contest and lost and I won and I turned it down. But then that led to me working on a TV show called Portlandia. Oh yeah. Okay. And I, that was like my first official big deal gig where I was doing all the background casting, which I looked at over 6,000 profiles to the point to where I was seeing so many strangers that I could remember their name on set that I was forgetting people that I had met in real life (laughs) as friends. Um, And then I worked for an ad agency. And when that was over, I was invited to sing on a church record called Wounded Healer. And the one song that I sang on that record people said, maybe you should think about doing music. Maybe that's your thing. And I hate that because one, I hated singing in front of people. And two, I didn't think I was that good. 
just loved harmonies and I had never been a part of a church that sang songs that felt so human that I connected to that didn't feel like a band-aid or a deep wound, but it felt like a God who will sit with you in the misery as well, in the suffering. And so two years after singing on this church record, working in film and and all these rows and feast or famine of creative work, um, the pastor just kept saying, I wrote this record and I think these songs belong to you. And I'm like, uh, you got the wrong person. It's not me. But I agreed to it because then it was just going to be given to the church as a gift and given to the public for free. And then it kind of blew up into something really big, um, bigger than I could ever imagine to where Portland, Oregon is a pretty secular city. Mm-hmm. And I really hate that word, but it's a very non-church city. And they wrote about me in a very non-church local newspaper saying that if Liz Vice can make it singing about Jesus in Portland, she can make it anywhere. Wow. And so that just let the carve the path to where I am today with lots of ups and lots of downs. <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty remarkable. Um, and, and I know there's, you said a lot of ups and downs. I know there are a lot of details in, in and out of that, but, um, you know, like, so you, I know you said you didn't want to sing in front of people and you didn't think that was somewhere you wanted to go, but now, you know, you look and you, you, you're a songwriter, you're a performer, you do all this stuff. Like, were you, were you writing songs or was there any of that yeah. in you before then? Never. No. Well, how did that, what did that process <laughs> look like for you to, you know, you, you make the jump of like, okay, I, I, I can do the singing. I can do worship. How did songwriting start working into that? Yeah. I am a pretty private person and I am more shy than most people would think. Um, and so when these doors started opening up, I had a, a guy reach out to me at an art retreat that I went to. And he was just like, I don't. So I love your music. I love what you're doing. What's your songwriting process? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I've never done this before. I don't know. I want to quit. This is this is not what I am in debt for. Student loans. <laughs> um, and he said, for a couple of months, I'm going to teach you how to write songs and it's good. And I'll do it for free. You just can't tell anyone that I'm teaching you how to write songs. Wow. And every Wednesday I would go to his office and we would practice writing songs. And the first song I ever wrote was save me. And I wrote that in 15 minutes. Um, and it basically is a reflection of me being afraid to be used in this unknown way. And the only way that would be possible is if I stepped out in front of the path, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I wrote Save Me. And little did I know that it would lead to me releasing a record entitled Save Me four years later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that, that's pretty cool. And um, as, you, as you've learned how to, to, to write songs and lyrics and put the melodies together and um yeah what are 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 there ways you've learned how to make it easier on yourself or is it like is there a process i guess for you in in doing that 
oh, there, there is no easy way. Every song feels like a miracle. I realize that I write better with other people because I get too caught up in my head. I carry a lot of insecurities when I see other musicians and I see the final product, but I don't see the wrestling match between them and their mind mm. and their heart and outside elements. Um, and I just look at the final product and I'm like, I don't, I can never get there. I don't know how to play an instrument. Although before I had a transplant, I was taking piano lessons because I finally was able to pay for them myself. And the song that I learned was Moonlight Sonata. And it's just because I love the piano, not because I ever wanted to be a musician. Um, and so I don't know how to read music, nor do I know anything about music theory. It's all intuition. And that's because I love music. Like I can listen to music. I have a song for every mood. Yeah. I have playlists with like French musicians and like South African and Korean hip hop. Like there's just so many things that I just love the vibrations and, and the emotions that come from um, listening to music. Um, and so there is a wrestling match that happens every time. And the loudest voices, you are not an artist. You cannot do this. What, could you possibly have to say for people to people? Um, and then it's when I tire myself out by wrestling with these insecurities that a melody or lyrics will come to mind. Um, but I think that I have a lot to learn. And so I really, in order to decrease the amount of time that it takes to finally get to a song it's it's best i write with people <laughs> so that i don't get stuck in my head yeah <laughs> yeah that's a it's a hard t tough place to be i love how you said it's it's a wrestling match um because getting over that thought of you're not an artist um sometimes for me at least that's like the hardest thing to do yeah. is is get past that you know stephen pressfield calls it the resistance um, yeah. but, uh, you know, you, you brought up writing with others. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of collaboration, but I don't always find it easy, uh, yeah. you know, to do how, how have you learned how to collaborate effectively with others? Well, I know for certain that I have to trust them because writing songs are so vulnerable and you're literally trying to be a poet and write like something to a melody. Yeah that if there's nothing new under the sun, it's like, then what's the point? Um, and so there, are, there have been times when I felt very unsafe writing with someone because they just came and they swept through the room like Tasmanian devil. And then there have been times where I write with someone where it's like, we are in two different generations. Like mm -hmm. I don't think about that stuff at all. And then there are people they just make it so safe. They just ask really good questions and they're patient. And I trust so much that if they say that won't work, it doesn't cut me in half because mm -hmm. I'm very sensitive as well. Despite my 5'10 stature and deep voice um, and maybe sometimes stoic persona, um, I'm very sensitive.
Um, you know, on that, that idea of collaboration, I, uh, I told you before we started recording that I've been able to watch a lot of Good Shepherd New York uh, services during this quarantine. And uh, you've been helping with, with worship, the worship times uh, during those services. Uh, on Easter, um, you guys did a song called We're Going to Make It Through. And yeah. in this, in this uh, pandemic, in the quarantine time, you're forced to, to create this this song both the lyrics the music and then the performance all separately you know you're, yeah. you're not in the same room um could no. you could you tell us a little bit uh we'll have a link to it in the show notes to the video portion of it but could you tell us a little bit how that came came to be in in from your perspective so david gunger and a guy named i think his name is michael marr the M- matt marr i think matt marr yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Um, so David Gunger and Matt Marr, just they had this idea and it came to life. I love working with David. Like he's so playful and he's so talented that if he asked me to sing something that I've never heard before, I would do it because <laughs> I just trust his artistic direction. Yeah. And he reminds me much of the pastor that wrote my very first record. Um, and so David has all these friends cause he's in an awesome band called the brilliance and asked these people to be a part of it. And there's an incredible filmmaker. And since no one can tour or do any traveling for work, um, there's people around to do these things. Yeah. And so it's filmmaker B roll and he's doing all of this editing and David is asking all of his connections all over the country and all over the world. Cause his pianist is in Paris um, to be a part of the song. And it's just the whole concept is like we, we as one, and that's like one capital one, all people are going to make this through. But the only way we can make it through is if we follow directions is if we, I am staying inside for the sake of my high risk brothers and sisters. I am staying inside for the sake of uh, not allowing this plague of death via COVID-19 be able to get one more person to decrease the work of the frontliners. Um, And so I just love that idea that like this video couldn't come together unless everyone participated in the same way healing will not take place if if everyone doesn't participate and you can see even a pandemic hasn't stopped people from arguing and opposing one another, but I also seen a lot of beauty out of it as well. Yeah, it's, it, it's true. It seems like the longer we go, which I think is natural that people start pulling at sides again, but um, overall there's so much beauty that can come out of this and, and uh, it, it can definitely come through in art and in music and, and all that. So, uh, it, it was great to see that happen. Um, and, and it was a good performance. And like I said, I, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, earlier this year, you released a single called see the day mm-hmm. and, uh, it's a great, great, great single. Could you tell us a little bit about that and, and how that came together? So I have a friend in Nashville. She's one of the very, like, she's one of those people that I feel absolutely safe to write with. And, um, she invited me to come and write with her and this guy named Jonathan Jay, who's in a band called House Fire, hmm. um, to see if maybe something could come out of us 
being in the same room. And I, and I had been writing a lot of songs on justice with people, friends in Virginia who saw the Charlottesville March. I have a friend who's a spoken word artist and really writes about a lot of justice and injustices. Um, Micah Bournet, mm-hmm. he lives in Long Beach, California. And just, we can write about things we want to see in the future, but if tomorrow's not promised, then what is it that we can do today? And so we just, I want to see the day when justice rolls. That's like working off the works of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Like a mighty river floods out of control. So like, how do you give this justice rolling and sweeping through the world, like imagery, Mm -hmm. like mighty river flows out of control. And then may that day be today when together we say, let justice, let justice roll. Again, it's that whole we thing. We can't do this apart from one another. And it's just like in Galatians where Jesus says, where I dwell, there is no distinction between Greek or Jew, male or female, slave and free man. Like Jesus sees the person for who they are. Um, and so I feel like even doing music, Jesus has allowed me to see people that he loves that I've been told a lot are titled as enemies, but I see the faces that um, Jesus loves. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, I, I just have a, a couple more questions as, as we wrap up here. And, and this is a question I've been asking myself during this time. And uh, I've, I've tried to ask it of others as well. But uh, what are you learning about yourself creatively during this pandemic? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so before this pandemic, honestly, I was not in a good place. I was struggling with anxiety and depression. I was at the, I basically lived at the airport. I was at the airport like every other weekend and all of this, this music, the, these words that I was pouring over the people that would come to my shows had me feeling empty and I didn't know how to replenish because there was never enough time. Um, and so I hadn't, I haven't, hadn't created in New York city in almost two years because of space and, and it's such a vulnerable process. Like I need to be able to go like this and then come back into this tiny thing. Um, so since the pandemic, I felt more inspired to work on songs that I'd never had time for. Mm-hmm. Um, collaborating for church. I'm learning how to use my recording skills vocally. Um, Yeah, it's been really, it's crazy how much peace I felt, which makes me think that I was really burnt out. Mm -hmm. And so because I feel this peace and no pressure to make a song, to draw an audience or to sell tickets or come to this and go to that, that I just feel free to make. Yeah. I can just make in the same way when I was a kid. I never wanted to be a singer, but I loved music. So I could just go into the basement by myself and just sing and dance around. And it wasn't for anyone except for me. Um, so yeah, it's been really, it's been a really special time. I have a friend that rode his bike to my old apartment in Brooklyn and 
rode it over the bridge into New York City so that I could keep working. And I feel like to honor that journey and just to see what would come out of me during this pause, um, I need to to just take the blank canvas out and put some paints and brushes to it. Uh, that's it. Uh, it's a great opportunity. And I love how you said you've, you felt a, a piece um, because you don't have to worry right now in this moment about selling tickets and, you know, producing this and that. Um, the thing I've kind of been struggling with, because I, I feel like a lot of us probably who do, you know, creative things nonstop or, mm-hmm we're probably all feeling that a little bit. There's a little bit of a freedom to try something new or, mm-hmm. um, in, in your opinion, how do we, once the pressure is back on, you mm-hmm. know, once, once this, you know, whatever the new normal becomes, once, once things solidify, like how do we keep that peace? How do we keep that pressure off? I mean, you know, some pressure is good, you know, it, it's a motivator, but in the, in the terms of being able to create, how, how are we going to be able to keep that, that feeling of peace? Well, hopefully everyone would be well rested. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I have no idea. I was so burnt out. I was ready to be done. And one by one, every tie to my beginnings in music were starting to be cut off. My my booking agent let me go. My I fired managers. Um, tours were weren't trinkling in like they had once before nor was I trying to push them because I was too exhausted. And so now I just sit in this with open hands of, I don't know if I'll still be a musician afterwards. I don't know. I'll still be a musician, but I don't know if that's what I'll be doing to make an income. And it's been miraculous that I have been okay financially based on savings and shows from the past. And I have... I am, like I said, I am, I am at a loss for words for any projection of what this new world will be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, Liz, I I, thank you again for, for taking time to to join us. I've got one more question. We asked this of all our guests and that is, uh, do you have any words of encouragement for fellow creatives out there? Be kind to yourself. Be patient. Um, I once had someone tell me inspiration is for amateurs and that kind of hurt my feelings because I love being inspired, whether that's through other songs or going for a walk or just other people. Um, Everyone has their own path and their own way of doing things and just be more open with how that could be utilized with someone else's ability and how to be more open with this could end at any time and I just want to have fun. So that's what I would say. We want to thank Liz again for taking time to join the podcast. Go check out her music. You can find it on Spotify and Apple Music, uh, wherever you uh, stream your music. I uh, encourage you to listen to it, especially her latest album. It is excellent. And uh, go check it out. Well, uh, before we get out of here, Kyle, off air, you mentioned uh, Elevation's new album and um, you had some thoughts on it. So let's just have a impromptu album review. What do you say? 
great. Sorry, there's a giant spider on my wall. I'm trying to figure out if it's coming my way. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, it's eating a bug. Well, good. So it's not coming after you then. <sighs> oh, it's dragging the bug away. Oh. Well, this album review brought to you by a spider dragging a bug. This is some Nat Geo Kyle. stuff right here. <laughs> Can you turn your computer around? <laughs> I don't think you'd be able to see it. Oh, my goodness. It's a big black spider, like this big. Maybe, I'm gro maybe I've got a tarantula farm going on in my garage. Wouldn't that be something? Anyways, Elevation's new album. <clears throat> How do I put this constructively? Terrible. Oh. Terrible. <laughs> no pause. <laughs> terrible. So you say terrible. Uh, uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Let me take a, it back. This is a review. This is a review laid out. What's Not terrible. Uh, if I had to sum it up in one word, though, it would be forgettable. Oh, okay. It's the music is average. Uh, the lyrics. There's no like. They're not. There's not bad lyrics. I mean, they're talking about good stuff, but they're not like. It's nothing you're not hearing already on Christian radio, and I think that is the problem. A couple of years ago, Elevation started getting Christian radio play, and now it's like they're writing to get Christian radio play, which mm -hmm. is a big thumbs down. See, I think this is one of their more creatively written albums. You're so wrong. Because with like with like two albums ago, I would agree that it all sounds like everything that's being played on the radio, but even just this morning I was listening to, uh, which, what was it? I don't know. Um, I was listening to Rattle. That's the one. And like lyrically, I was like, man, I could remember this. Like you, from a song perspective, it had a hook that you could remember? Yeah. Okay. But I, yeah, I do agree. There's like three tracks that I like and then the rest gets into the spontaneous stuff where they just sing the same words over again. And I was, I was confused by that. I they're didn't missing, really they're missing Mac yeah. Brock. Their last couple albums have so? been <sighs> evident that they're missing Mac Brock. He's, I could do yeah. without him. No, he's the one that kept him balanced. I'm. I mean, if you don't like his voice, is one thing, but like his songwriting kept them balanced from just yeah. doing swamp rock, which is what this album is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for the swamp rock, though. I am. Somebody, I saw I thought, somebody. Listen, 2013 was a great year for Mumford and Sons and stuff. Like, we don't need to go back there yet. So, see, I haven't listened to the album. Is it legitimately like? It's Swamp Rock. Well, that it's Rattle like, song, like that Rattle song she referred to, it's it's just like straight up David Crowder's, not not David Crowder, it's Crowder, which yeah. is the worst David Crowder there is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm hot, hot, or hot, uh, hot wow. takes all around hot take. because hot take central. <laughs> David Crowder band was amazing. And then he decided to become, I don't know, Swamp Monster. And Have you listened to his latest stuff? <laughs> Uh, no Homeboy puts like trap remixes on this swamp rock. Oh, it's, it's no it's a good. Disaster. Well, you know, yeah, I th to me, the bigger question is: you mentioned that it seems like their last couple albums they've they've pursued radio play, and just looking at the song list and like the guest artists they've had they had on this new album, um, you know, even that those artists are radio single artists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, to me, the bigger question is like, where is that line of pursuing? plays versus pursuing worship um, because I know you know all these big churches that have done this they've all got to deal with that line some of it do well some of them 
do it less well. And so I just wonder if maybe they're trying to figure out how to straddle that line. And, and maybe in your opinion, they didn't, they didn't do it well this Fig- time. Figuring out how to rattle that line. Yeah. <laughs> there, it's a way to tie it in. I, I think that there. was their I, I don't think that, though. I don't think they need to be pursuing radio play. I mean, yeah, they already had a big enough platform without being on the radio. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then they could have, they weren't, I just feel like it confines you to, I mean, it's the same story for the, has has been for the past however long since mu- radio existed. Like, these bands work hard on their stuff and are really creative and work on stuff they like, and then they get into a contract or something with yeah a binding contract, and then they have to make more stuff faster, and yeah, it ends up not being as good. Yeah, yeah, and that's that. It's not just the worship genre; it's it's every genre. Um, you hear a story after story after story of that happening. So, um, well, I, I thank you for that album review. I haven't listened to it. Um, Don't give it a shot. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. I have to give it a shot because no. eventually we're going to have events again and people are going to start singing these songs at events and I'm going to need to know why I don't like it. So everyone's um, going to be there. singing the blessing, <laughs> which is hardly an elevation. Which, I'm song. already, I'm already, I'm already done with that song too, by the way. I've only heard it like six times. I'm like, eh, I, I don't need it. Because everybody's doing it. it. Listen, the song is, the, the song's fine. It reminds me of Weird Al's version of Trapped in the Closet, which is called Trapped in the Drive-Thru. And yeah. there's a part in there where he's like, did I mention the drive-thru? I'm stuck in the drru And he just keeps saying drive-thru. And I'm just like, when it gets to the children part, Anytime that song it's comes the, the on, children, I'm just like, oh, it's the worst. And the children, and the children, did I mention all the children? Oh my goodness, where's my children? Like, it's just. Uh, I'm glad you brought up. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Weird Al. Weird Al. I, I watched UHF this weekend. It was on uh, the Charge TV network on antenna. You know, just using the regular antenna waves. And uh, I hadn't seen that thing in probably 20 years. But that movie is a trip. Like it's insane. Have you have either of you seen it? No. No, I don't even know what that is. Okay, UHF. You know, it's Weird Al Yankovic like wrote and produced this movie, but it's got like Michael Richards in it, and it's got just all these fringe characters. Victoria Jackson from the old Saturday Night Live, um, and but it's it's about him taking over his uncle's uh, just uh, public television station, and he turns it into this like ratings juggernaut, um, mm. and it's just so. It's insane, but I think you would appreciate it, Kyle. Is sure. UHF referring to like band, like the bandwidth frequency? Yeah, ultra high frequency. Yeah, so it's like the old, the old Turner yeah. turn the TV channel. You know, click click knob. Anyway, I I love Weird uh, Al. One other thing. Oh, go ahead. I yeah. mean, let's yeah. start. I, I could start <laughs> a whole Weird Al podcast. I'm I'm never going to be able to listen to the blessing the same now. <laughs> Did I mention the children in the van with my children? Oh, but before we go, um, there's one other thing I wanted to mention that happened over the weekend, and uh, it, it's a lot kind of along the same lines. Our, our pal Marty Sampson, who uh, made the Christian headlines, you know, I don't know, a few months ago when he had a Instagram post about questioning faith, uh, he went on, and he's still going on, as a matter of fact, a Twitter. Uh, it's not a tirade. It's like he's essentially writing a, a Twitter a journal book. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's got it. Went on a Twitter journal uh, and he's just been posting nonstop for the last two days of just every question and every thought he's had. It's not necessarily super congruent all the time, but let me tell you, it is very entertaining. 
Um, and you know, he's, he's bringing up some legitimate questions about religion and life and ideas of, of country and love of country and love of a creator and all this kind of stuff. But if you're ready to go down the rabbit hole during your lunch break or something like that, uh, I would highly, highly encourage it. It's great. He just really puts it all out yeah. there. Yeah. He doesn't seem angry. No, yeah, I don't oh, think no, he's no. trying to, you know, come at anyone. So here's just a... He doesn't seem angry, which is most people on Twitter. So here's a, uh, <laughs> just a sampling. Uh, this is a quote from Arthur Schopenhauer. All truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident. Um, let's see here. Uh, then Matthew 25, 31 through 46 is blowing me away right now. Um, underneath God loves you is please believe for your own sake. Otherwise you face eternal destruction. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, is he wrong? <laughs> so uh, he's just kind of uh, laying it out there. And uh, so if you want some enjoyment, uh, go and check out Marty Sampson's Twitter feed. He also had a poll. Does he need to produce some new music in 2020? I think all three of us for sure a resounding yes, um, definitely. Yes, I think actually on that that verse from Matthew, Jason, he was giving you a warning to believe me about Elevation's album, because <laughs> if you don't, you will face eternal destruction. Eternal destruction on your ears. Oh wow, wow! And well, so, well uh, before we get out of here, um, we need to talk about our. Create Initiative Communication Workshop that is less than two weeks away. Uh, it's coming up on May 16th. Kyler, would you like to tell us some more details? It's $25. We have some great speakers lined up, and we have some great hosts, including Jordan Ferris and Kyle Lee. Right, Jordan's doing it, right? Yes. If not, he is now. Um, it's going to be great. You can register at createinitiative.org slash workshops, and we hope to see you there online. That is right. Online. So grab your ticket now and uh, it'll be an exclusive event. You'll you'll be able to get a recording after the fact. And uh, we've got uh, Kyler Rich and some great speakers. Jonathan Malm will be with us. Stephen Brewster, uh, Nick Goodner and Brandon Verderber will all be with us. And so it's going to be a wonderful, 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 wonderful time. Listen, I'm going to be needing some help in the makeup department for that day because I will be heavily sunburned. Because my pool comes in the day before, okay. and I will be setting that bad boy up and just soaking all day. Nice. What what kind of pool do you got? I bought a pool, a 10-foot in diameter, above ground, one of those redneck... Like three feet? Frame. Yeah. Yeah, three. It's nice. 30, actually only 30 inches. Okay. And so... But, you know, we've got a pool, maybe that's five foot across right now that I have to drain every time. Yeah. And the kids just like splash around. It's like a foot tall. And I went for it, man. We we played nice. in that thing all day the other day. And so I was like, I'm ordering, I'm ordering the real deal. This thing has a pump on it. Ooh. It's going to be just hours Did you of get a skimmer? Swimming. Get yeah. It, it came with the net. It's got the pump. I've got the spot ready for it in the backyard. I is that all am, leveled out? I, no, not yet. But I've got the spot. Okay, you know this. I gotta dig up some. I gotta dig up some potatoes first. <laughs> <laughs> wow, self-sustainable and enjoying a nice, refreshing swim. <laughs> well, the potatoes. One day, when the, all this quarantine started, uh, when the weather was still crappy, um. 
my kids were like, can we please bury a potato? I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know if they saw something like how potatoes grow on a show or whatever. Like, can we please bury a potato? And I was like, sure. And so we went outside and we just, we, I cut some potatoes in half. We buried them and they're sprouting, man. Nice. We got potatoes. Nice. I haven't, I haven't even looked at them yet. I'd never watered them once. I was just like, let's go bury this potato. Well, so, that's fun. That's that's some good stuff. I don't know what farmers are complaining about. It seems pretty easy. <laughs> oh well, how about that? How about that, Kyler? Did you have? I don't, sorry if pool I sorry if I up? offended our farmer listeners. Yeah. Uh, pool? Yeah. So we ours was a similar yeah. process as Kyle's. We started out with the eight dollar inflatable one, and then we went to the bigger blue one, and now we have the the really big one above ground one of yeah. course the, that seems like a rite of passage in Oklahoma it it's is. like you you just you start with the kiddie pool and somehow you expand to the above ground mm-hmm. um, yeah. some people the the here's metal the thing water I trough, swore you know <gasps> that's a good one yeah I swore I would never have that like cheap looking like above ground pool because but then is like I don't know my son he was like I want to learn to swim without my floaty I was like, well, this is a perfect opportunity for that. I'm not, I, I don't even know if they'll open up like places for swim lessons this summer. Yeah. And I don't want them to have to wait a whole nother year. And I mean, I taught swim lessons for five years. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm qualified. Yeah. You're a family of swimmers. Yeah. 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 Not as good as my sister, but let's yeah. don't go down that road. Yeah. We could go down. <laughs> we could go down wow. that road. So, you know. <laughs> hey, I was, I was junior Olympian. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Wow. Second place. <laughs> nice. In junior Oof. Olympics. Not nice. first. Not first, though. Be not first. Barely missed first. I got second place in breaststroke, third place in backstroke. Man, backstroke's the worst, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be great that you'll have the opportunity to teach your, not only your son, but eventually all your kids how to swim in the comfort of your backyard. That'll be pretty nice. Yeah, it's only 30 inches, so they'll be able to stand up in it yeah, yeah. as of now. So I think, I think even Clive is... Maybe taller than thirty inches. So maybe I'm thinking. I don't know. We no, we have we have the big, the biggest above ground it's pool. It's like four feet. Yeah. Or even bigger than that. Y'all have it right yes. now? Yeah. My dad yeah, thinks it's year up, round. Yeah, when I was they they have the ones, you know, that like the permanent ones. Yeah. Like the metal walled yeah. like yeah. is that what it is? Uh, no, it's like it's it's got metal stands yeah but it's and it's like a oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's got the oh liner. so yeah that's what i got yeah. i just got the 10 foot version one okay. yeah you can leave it up if you take care of it yeah do you guys have when a i was growing up my build a deck around it no they want okay. to but right now it's probably like a frog habitat or something because last year they just swarmed <laughs> it and my dad bought a, an above ground pool when i was a kid like a 30 30 foot across one you yeah know? The, the giant like the the big boy yeah and uh, he was planning on burying it, making yeah. an un- like an yeah. in-ground yeah. pool. And uh, problem was that our alley was blocked off on each end. <laughs> and so he decided that him and my grandpa and my uncles, wow, there's a big truck, um, would just get a shovel out there and dig a dig it. How'd that go? And so our <laughs> and then like Wilbur it ended up being. Yeah, it ended up being only like a few feet into the ground, but it was, it was just about trampoline height. That's how far into the ground it was. So you, you because our just, trampoline, would, you could just run and jump into it. We just moved our trampoline right over, and so smart. man, I spent. We we had a bat, 
that would come, like it lived in our backyard and would just come and drink the water. Wow. It's probably the same bat that caused this whole mess. Probably so. The the COVID bat. <laughs> the COVID bat. Yeah, I saw, I mean, I saw a bat drinking the water. I saw a squirrel swimming laps in there. I'm telling you, <laughs> life was interesting in Duncan, Oklahoma, in the in the ghetto. Oh, that's good. That's good. There's something, the it's, it's just so simple about childhood, you know. We've all got these memories of just a simpler time, you know, that yeah. I was talking to yeah, someone last night about, you know, I would leave the house at 930 in the morning, go hang out with some friends. We'd go fishing, go swimming, and I would just basically come home whenever I got hungry, you know. Yep. Like it was simpler time, simpler time. Well, we need to get out of here, and uh, we, we do hope you've enjoyed this episode. We want to thank Liz again for, for joining us. We want to thank Kyle for his album review, and uh, we want to thank Marty Sampson for giving us something to read, and uh, we want to thank Kyler for giving that look <laughs> to Kyle. Really? Just give the Elevation album a try. Give it a try. Form give it a chance. Opinion. Form your own If you hate opinion. yourself, <laughs> speaking of podcasts, guess what's out? Slurp sounds uh, with a new, Kyle. A new episode. Of uh, a new episode. All right. Episode two. Slurp sound. Slurp sounds with Check Kyle. It out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. I mean, we we have to get out of here. But one thing we didn't even Do mention. We? One thing we didn't even mention. Parks and Rec. Oh wow. Oh, it was amazing. It warmed my heart. It was. It was a nice. It, it was just. It was just nice, wasn't it? It was very wholesome. Yes. I was worried. After seeing, you know, all the late night talk shows like Foray into Zoom's shows or whatever, I was like, man, I don't know if it's going to be that good, but it was great. The way they tied in, they tied in everything, yeah. they tied in everybody. Yeah. I think they tied uh, in all the grizzle stuff, yeah, the, grizzle. the subtle so grizzle cool. stuff. Yeah. The Jeremy Jam thing, I think, may have been my favorite. I gave myself a oh, haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was John Ralphie. Yeah. That yeah, was. got banned from Cameo. So good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It was. It was really good. And they, I don't know, it's a special show. I love it, it so is, much. I'm going to start tearing it, up. It is a special show. I, I will say, because we, we, Camber and I have gotten the habit, we'll watch a Parks and Rec before bed, and then we'll watch The Office before bed. And, you know, you can't have one show without the other. I mean, same creators, all this kind of stuff. But the thing that, that sets Parks and Rec apart is it really does have heart. Like, The Office will have emotional scenes, but at the end of the day, like, it's, there's nothing really that draws you emotionally into it um whereas parks and rec is just all that the simplicity of that episode i think showcase what parks and rec really is all about it's just the relationships you know yeah we got and we got to hear a second verse for five thousand candles <laughs> five in the wind candles. that is true that was something else um and i mean and just everyone coming back like everyone doing it you know yeah. like chris Even, pratt who's a mega star now yeah like isn't I don't know. And then Adam Scott, though, did Adam yeah. Scott look like, I was like the he, Grim Reaper a little bit? Is he working on a, on, a, on a new part for something? Because, yeah, he's like very he gaunt. Well, you know, he's in that. I know he's in a. Well, I don't know if he is anymore. I only watched the first season. That show that was on HBO, Big Little Lies or whatever. Okay. He I, had a pretty like big role in the first season. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I but, don't know, but he was he he looked like he forgot to stock up on food before the pandemic hit. It was rough. I yeah. know he had gotten like so skinny, yeah. and, or maybe he and the lighting was normally not great gets for Botox it. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was something else. <laughs> but that's uh, that's the weirdest part is because like we watch those shows, we watch that show every day, you know, Parks yeah. and Rec, and they they don't age. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, and the 
six years or whatever since we started watching it, they look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And now we see them and we're like, oh my goodness, what's like Jerry, Larry, Terry looked kind of old, man. Yeah, he, he did look very like, old. It's Jerry. it's amazing. Retta looked the same. It's amazing. Retta what, is ageless. Uh, it, it's amazing what uh, makeup artists and like gaffers and the the team it takes to pull off a professionally produced show. Um, it's amazing, like when you see that they're not there, just how different it is, you know. Um, and obviously they can't be during this time, but uh, hopefully it gives people a new appreciation of once, once you know they're starting to produce TV shows and movies again. Um, like, oh yeah, all those people in the background, they really matter because they help these people look really yeah. good. The makeup artist, yeah. man, big difference. Yeah, y'all don't even want to see me without makeup. That's true. That is true. I mean, I woke, I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning so I could get ready for this, this uh, go-to-meeting. What a tough, tough life. Yeah, must be rough. <laughs> I'm sorry we're not videoing yep. it, Kyle. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Well, hey, next week, uh, if we can get you in studio next week, uh, we're, we'll, we'll throw that one out on video. And uh, so that way it'll be worth it for you doing your makeup. One more thing. Did y'all see, speaking of The Office and Parks and Rec... We don't have to put this in the show. Go for it. That new show on Amazon. Upload. Uh, by Greg Daniels. Yeah. I haven't watched Did you it. Watch it. I have not watched it yet. Did you? Nope. What's okay. it called? It seems like the good it seems like the good place. Yeah, it's called Upload and it's like uh as you die you can upload your consciousness to like some kind of server or something that and you kind of create I guess you create the kind of afterlife you want. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. And then at the end of this month is Steve Carell and Greg Daniels uh, Space Force on Netflix comes out at the end of May. So that should be. Exciting. And that's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, um, we we should get out of here. And uh, if you stuck with us to the end, we appreciate it. And uh, we will see you again next week. And and hopefully uh, we'll all be together in the same room, uh, socially distanced, of course. But uh, for Kyle Lee and Kyler Clapp, I am Jason Evans, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Don't listen to Elevation.